on. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Come on, let's just stand and get ready to worship. We're going to give God all the glory and all the honor and the praise. Amen. Come on, let's get ready to worship. There is no shadow. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your light. And there is no rival that could ever stand against your might. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, we've already won. We sing, there's no weapon, and there is no weapon that has ever left a mark on you, and there is no army with the power to conquer truth. You've always been with us, every battle you've already won, we've already
Children are seen. 
water to seep in. And I just saw that this morning, all over the congregation, God was doing that. There's dry places that you thought maybe life would never come. And I just started to see the, the just the, the presence of the Lord just coming in, the love of the Lord coming in and drenching those spots. And then next thing I knew, there was these little tiny pieces of like grass that started to come up. And I just want to just praise him and give him where he is doing something. He's been doing something in worship right now. He is healing places. He is bringing life to those dry places even right now. Those of you that um, maybe have walked away, maybe you think, you know what, I've done too bad. It, it doesn't matter. He can't see me right now. He is just lavishing you with his love this morning. There is nothing too great. There is nothing too big. There is no sin. I see him just breaking off shame this morning, condemnation. Those are things of the enemy. They're not of the Father. They're not of the loving God. And he wants to shower you this morning with love. It's his love that rolled that stone away. It's the love that took him to that cross. It's his love. And it is freely given right now. It's been pouring out during worship. And he wants to just continue to just flow into you. Just like I love what she said just reach your hands up and receive the love of the father I feel like he's even speaking identity over you you might even start to be like that can't be of God because they're positive words and all you've ever heard are lies from the enemy but your father your heavenly father loves you and he sees you as righteous because you've been bought with a price you've been bought with a price and even right now if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He wants to say, I am here. He's tugging on you. If you feel that tug, you can invite him right now just by saying, Jesus, I receive you. I am a sinner and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to have a relationship with you. That's all it takes to be introduced to him. And then you'll start to feel even more that love just starting to saturate all those places. But those positive words, those things that you're just feeling these little touches that is the father's love this morning so receive it receive it continue to receive it even as we come out of worship and even as we have the thing he has more for you it's an everlasting eternal relationship i've been in this relationship for 31 years and let me tell you Every day it gets better. Every day he has new manna for me. Every day he has that for you. Every day he wants to speak daughters and sons and identity over you. So receive that this morning. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. The children are singing and dancing and laughing. The Father is welcoming. This is our homecoming. Roses in bloom pushed up from the embers and rivers of tears flow from good times remember families are singing and dancing and laughing the father is welcoming this is our homecoming heaven joins in with a glorious sound and the great cloud of witnesses all gather round cause the ones that were lost
watching online, we welcome you too. There will be an Engage Guard card you can fill out, okay, with, um, just go to www.redeeminglovechurch.com. You can also, at that um, web address, send an email or something like that. Um, in case you're sitting here and you think of something during the week, please feel free to go on and do that, okay? One of the ways that we really engage is by filling out this Engage card, okay? The front, so we have a lot of visitors today, right? The front, we really would love at least your name and address, maybe a phone number or an email, just so we can send you a welcome and say, hey, thanks for visiting. And then on the back, there are a lot of other things. One of the things um, that we have on there this week is sign me up for an Engage group. So let me tell you, engage groups are powerful things. We've seen it over the years. People, you know, get healed, get saved, make relationships, and that's really important in the kingdom of God. Along with the other paperwork you received, I'm going to get rid of this pen here, you received at the door is a separate paper that has summer engage groups on it, okay? There's, it's front and back. Don't do what I did and went, oh, wow, there's only five. There's not only five. Okay, there are 10, 10 engage groups, right? So what does that mean? It means that we've developed engage group leaders and they're opening their lives to you and they wanna pour into people, bring a guest, you know, come when you can, try to pick one and put it on the back of this card, okay? All right, and so coming up June 4th, you don't wanna miss this, Pastor Chris Garabedian is going to be um, at the church and he's going to be preaching. So he, years ago, was here as the pastor and he's just coming to bless us with the word of God so you don't want to miss that. And then, as if that's not enough, on June 11th, Charlie Sweet will be here. How many of you have said under his ministry? Oh, I was kind of hoping for a hoot and a holler there. For both of them, come on, they're both awesome men of God. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you show up, okay? Uh, and I already did the summer engage group. So at this time, I'm going to call up Pastor Matt and hand the mic over. Amen, amen. Pastor Stacy's going to join me here. Uh, we're going to take just a moment. We want to... Uh, we want to talk just a little bit about engaged groups. We want to uh, highlight them to you, tell you what they're all about. Discipleship is what we're called to do as Christians. We're, we're called to walk and follow Christ together. And so the best way to do that is by joining an, an engaged group. So Pastor Stacy, engaged group number one. All right, I'm going to announce my own. We're, I'm going to be doing a walking fellowship um, that'll start at uh, 6.30. We're going to do various different places to walk. So... Um, just come on out and uh, we're going to walk from 6.30 to 7.30 because, you know, it starts getting dark and be done by 8. Um, but I'm looking forward to that and meeting a lot of people and anybody who likes to move around in, while they're talking. So Engage group number two, activating your spiritual gifts. So we're going to be talking about the different spiritual gifts that are listed in the Bible. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12 both have lists as well as Ephesians chapter 4 of what the different gifts are gift of prophecy, gift of words of knowledge, gift of wisdom, all these different gifts. And so we're going to be talking about all the different gifts and what it looks like to flow in the gift. And we're going to be taking a spiritual gifts test so that you know what your gifts are so that you can do what God has called you to do. Amen. Uh, number three, poverty, wealth, and riches. Brian Smith will be leading that. 
Monday, 7 o'clock, Averill Park. Uh, it's a book by Chris Volatin, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth. Poverty, Wealth, and Riches. Wealth and Riches are not the same thing. Come find out what the difference is. Yeah, amen. Um, number four, Names of Jehovah in the Old Testament. Pastor Steve and Mary are going to be um, doing that one. I love the names of um, Jesus. I love the names of God in the Old Testament. And um, if you want to know more about those, what each one of them means, he's going to go more into depth. You don't want to miss that engage group. You're next. Oh, I'm doing the next one, too. Oh, Chosen. Watch and discuss. Joe and Tanya, um, I think this is a continuation, but they watch The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, you're going to want to join awesome. this Engage group. And even if you have seen it, it is worth seeing it again because there's so much content in it that you miss it the first time listening it through. That's right. So get together. It's, it's fun to watch it in a group, and then they discuss it afterwards. Number six, fireside chat. This is a Bible study around the campfire. So we want to let you know that there's going to be campfire smoke there. So come ready for that. It's going to be outside, believe it or not. Fires happen outside. And uh, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. is just a Bible study. So come on out and learn more about the Bible. Number seven, intercessory prayer with Linda Kachadorian uh, here at the church at, uh, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Listen. Prayer changes things. And if you yes. want to learn to yes. pray better, just come and sit in the room here as Linda and her and the girls that join her pray. It is powerful. It moves heaven and earth, and it moves the city of Troy. We are seeing uh, substantial growth in the kingdom, I believe, in yeah. part and mostly because of the prayers that have been offered in this yes. house. Yes, amen, amen. Come on. Number eight is, is a women's group in and through Christ. I believe that's a book study, and it is going to be uh, Mandy and Sue DeNova heading that up. That is an amazing one. It is Thursdays at 10 a.m., so if you don't work during the day on Thursday, Day. You don't want to miss that. Great fellowship at that um, at that group, and uh, wow, we're just seeing amazing things happen in that group. Awesome. And um, number nine, playground group, Brian and Amy Smith. Um, various locations, Saturday at 10 a.m. I believe this is really for children, obviously parents with children, parents but children. if you're an adult and you like to play at the playground, by all means, I love swings. So if Come you want to go, I am sure they're not going to turn you away. It is Saturdays at 10 a.m. at various locations. So what they will do, kind of like mine, since it's at various locations, you sign up, then an email will go out to you letting you know what park they're going to be at the next week. Lastly, number 10, co-ed youth activities. So for the summertime, the youth are going to be doing it, boys and girls together. Various times, various locations. Uh, Angelia Jenkins, Lauren Darling, and Zach Jenkins will be there as well. So um, various times, various locations. How do I know when to show up and how do I know where to go? Sign up, sign up for an engaged group. When you sign up, the leaders get your email, and then they email you the times, the locations, the activity, what you're doing, whether to bring a bathing suit. Not to my campfire study. <laughs> but sign up. You got to sign up. You got to sign up to go. Don't. Yep. A lot of these you can't just show up because we don't know the location. And that is youth. Location. So I'm sorry, adults, you can't go to can't that go to one. That. So sorry. youths from I youths. believe it's 13 to 20. Is that the 13 to 20? Yep. Am I getting that right? Yep. 13 to 20. If you're older than a that or younger than that, we're sorry. Amen. We love engaged groups. Yes. All right. Before we dismiss the kids this morning, we have uh, two more baby dedications. So, uh, Brian and Amy, if you could join me with Daniel Thomas, and Barrett and Lauren, if you could also join me with Jackson Eli, that would be wonderful. 
uh, while they're coming on up. If you grew up in a denominational church like I did, uh, you may be familiar with babies being baptized. However, the Bible clearly states that we as ministers should only baptize people upon their own confession of faith. Daniel and Jackson here are too young to be able to make their own confession of faith. We do water baptisms later when people, usually around you know, 13 years old or older, when people can make a decision to follow Christ for themselves. Uh, we read in scripture that Jesus as a young child was dedicated in the temple and we seek to follow that same biblical example. Brian and Amy, Barrett and Lauren, first this baby dedication is that you are presenting your child to the Lord, believing that for them to follow after God all of the days of their life. Also, you are dedicating yourselves to train up and teach your children to follow the Lord, to provide biblical instruction and discipline when necessary, and to love them wholeheartedly, to be a good and godly example for them, for they will surely imitate your faith. Lastly, this dedication is a commitment by us, their family, friends, and church family, to support them in whatever way possible to assist these parents in guiding these little ones to follow after the Lord all of the days of their life. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and as front lens between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. Amen. Brian and Amy. Will you this day dedicate Daniel Thomas to the Lord, that he would follow after the Lord all of the days of his life, and that above all else, that you would diligently seek God's will for his life? Yes, yes. Barrett and Lauren, will you this day dedicate Jackson Eli to the Lord, that he would follow after the Lord all of the days of his life, and that above all else, that you would diligently seek God's will for his life? Brian and Amy, will you this day dedicate yourselves to train and teach Daniel to provide for him biblical instruction and to be a godly example of a godly life for him to imitate, and above all of this, to love him with an unconditional love? Yes. Barrett and Lauren, will you this day dedicate yourselves to train and teach Jackson to provide for him biblical instruction and to be an example of a godly life for him to imitate, and above all of this, to love him with an unconditional love? Family and friends, church family, will you this day agree to support these parents by your biblical example and through acts of service? And do you agree to reinforce biblical instruction and to love these children with the love and grace that only comes from our Lord Jesus Christ? If you do, say we will. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. At this time, we're just going to pray, and we're going to dedicate these children to the Lord. Father, we just pray. We pray for Daniel, Lord. Father, we pray the blessing of God upon him, Lord. Father, we, we thank you for the impartation of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, uh, as, we, as I was praying and preparing, uh, the Lord just showed me that um, Daniel's going to have supernatural determination. 
uh, that he is going to be able to accomplish things that no one else has been able to accomplish because he doesn't know how to say no. And so this, this is a prophetic word that the Lord gave me for Daniel. So I want to take, just want to pause here for a moment. We're going to continue to pray. But I want to pause here. And so a lot of times when the Lord reveals something uh, prophetically in the spiritual realm, we understand it's supernatural determination. Well, what does that look like in the natural? It looks like being very stubborn. And so you may have a very stubborn child, but what is it? It's the supernatural determination that God has given that individual. And so don't necessarily be upset because you have a stubborn child. Know that they have supernatural determination, Amen. and they're just not ever going to quit. So you probably don't have as much determination as they do if, it, if they have supernatural determination. But this is where we train up a child in the way that God has already caused them to go. We see where God's growing them, and we say, okay, go that way. Go with God that way. Father, we pray your blessing upon him. And Pastor Stacy, you had a word too. Actually, as, um, as I started praying for his name, I just started seeing like illumination that he is yes, going to be um, just a reflection of Jesus, that he brings joy and hope in to every place that he goes, to everyone around him. And I just saw him as an encourager. And I started to chuckle when I looked down at his very shiny shoes because it is basically going to, it's kind of what it is. He's going to stand out. He's going to reflect Jesus and he's going to illuminate places because yes. of what God has put in him. So we thank you for him, Lord. We thank you for the blessing that he is and the blessing that he is going to be to Brian and Amy and to all those who are around him. Amen. 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 And Lord, we just pray for Jackson, Lord. Father, we pray the blessing of God over him. Father, we speak to his spirit. We speak life to his spirit. We speak calmness and wholeness. We speak uh, all that you are. We speak the love of God into his spirit, Lord. Love of God into his spirit, Lord. And the Lord just showed me that uh, he's, Jackson's going to have the supernatural ability to be able to gather people. Um, he's just going to be in an ordinary situations, and the Lord's just going to uh, be able to draw people together because of the gifting that's upon his life. And as I was praying um, and thought about him, uh, I just started seeing the names of like Joseph, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and they had something that God just highlighted their lives, and they stood out among the rest. And I just felt that um, that he is going to Jackson is going to stand out. And that God is going to place him and he's going to elevate him supernaturally by the gifts that yes, he's given Lord. him into places of authority. And um, just like Joseph was pushed up and just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood out. He is going to stand out and um, he is going to be just, I felt pure, I felt, kept hearing the word pure, pure, undefiled, um, and he will like just be elevated to places of authority. So we just thank you for that, God. Yes, we thank Lord. you for what you've put in him, that even now um, those are in him, God. That's what you've created him to be. And we just bless um, Lauren and Barrett, God, as they just um, train that up, that they guide him and they seek you for wisdom and how to um, and what to do for him. In Jesus' name, yes, amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Stretch your hands towards one of these children we're going to dismiss to Children's Church right now. Father, we thank you for every child here this morning. We thank you for the teachers. God, bless them as they're in Children's Church this morning. God, uh, help them to learn and help the teachers to have patience to teach. Give them supernatural, inspired ideas to be able to open these children's minds. In Jesus' name, amen.
and I'll be right back up with the message after these video announcements. I know that didn't take any longer than, than it does normally, uh, but for some reason, I just feel like that that was a long, a long thing. So you guys, I, I just feel to say like, you guys did a good job. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to the kids right now. You guys did a good job. You sat nice and quiet. No, I'm kidding. Just a little though. Hey, we're, uh, we're in our sermon series, Share Jesus. And as Christians, we have a mandate from Jesus to share the gospel with others. I don't have the scripture up there today, but you guys can probably quote it with me. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And so this is our mandate from Jesus to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And what is the good news? The good news is that we no longer, we no longer have to pay the penalty for our, for our sin. Not that we could ever pay it, but we don't have to suffer the consequences of our sin. Because Jesus came and Jesus paid the price for our sin. And so when we believe in him and when we follow him, we're forgiven of our sin. He pays the price for us. That's the good news. That's the good news. If you're here today, you've never done that before. Pastor Stacy invited people to, to follow Jesus. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That we depend upon him for salvation. That we depend upon him to pay the price for the sins that we committed. And what are sins? Sins are when we've disobeyed God. As simple as we can put it. A sin is when we disobey what God has told us to do. Um, today we want to talk about, today I want to talk about the power of testimony. And so we're talking about different aspects of sharing Jesus with others. And I just want to uh, get into a little bit about the power of testimony. Testimony is so powerful. Testimony is your story of what God has done in your life. Testimony is your story of what God has done in your life. We're going to get into this in a minute. But right now I want to call Linda Kachadorian up. I want to have her share uh, her testimony as she's coming. Uh, I, I just want to say we've had uh, everybody go through membership again, older uh, people that have been here for a long, long time. You may have been a member for years. We had people go back through membership again. And Linda was one of the first to go through. Linda's been here since the beginning. Linda's been here since before it was Redeeming Love. If Linda was in the it's last church. <laughs> uh, Linda's, she's not old. There, there's no old in the kingdom. But 
Linda was one of the first to go through membership again. And one of the things that we do when we go through membership again is we do a pastoral interview. And so we sat down in the office and Linda came in and I said, Linda, tell me about how you got saved. And so she told me this story and by the time she got done, I'm in tears. And I'm like, so then this morning as I'm talking about the power of testimony, I said, Linda, can you please share? So share your testimony. Tell us how it happened. Thank you so much, um, Pastor Matt, for this opportunity to share with you all. Um, I do believe this church has a deep connection um, for revival. And so anyways, um, my story is um, in 1975, um, I, was, um, I was pretty des desperate. I was depressed. No, everything on the outside was good. Um, I was married. I had a baby. I had done a lot of things at a young age that um, I was trying to um, fulfill something inside of me. Nothing lasted, not that I thought anything could. And um, I just came to a point in my life that I was, um, I was waking up every day depressed. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and with a question, what is, what is life? What is, is this it? So going back three years, no, um, yeah, three years, um, maybe a little bit more than three years. I um, 16 years old, and my aunt and uncle lived in California, called my parents and said, I want Linda to come to California and spend a month with me. And so she sent me the plane ticket, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go to California, and I'm gonna, my aunt's going to take me around California. It's going to be great. So I get there, and my aunt, was the, my aunt and uncle were the type of people. They were very active and involved in so many things that she brought me to California, and I was in the house alone every day. And, um, but living with her was her son and daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law came from Damascus, Syria, and um, after it um, became socialized, and they got married. And she was alone in the house all the time, and, I said to um, my cousin, her husband, I need to get out of this house. Just show me how to take the bus. I'm, I can't stay in this house any longer. And he did it secretly. My aunt couldn't find out about it. But my, um, his wife, um, there was something special about her. And she had something in her that I knew was different. I didn't know what it was, and she didn't tell me at that time. She would go to her room every day and she would read her Bible. And I thought, how does she think to do that? It's so noble. And, um, and then one day I was late coming home from the beach. Um, the buses were crowded. And I, I rang the bell because they locked their doors. And she ran down the stairs. She threw her arms around me. And something came out of her. And it was some kind of love that I've never felt from anybody before. It hit me, and I didn't know what that was. So moving on, I left there, and um, I always had a good memory of her more than anybody else. Got home, went through life, and different events happened, major events in my life, and got to this place, and it was June 15th, and I get this letter in the mail, and there's two sentences in this letter. Don't want to leave the room out. <laughs> two sentences in the letter, and it's my cousin from California. Never wrote to me. I never wrote to her. And um, she says in this um, letter, 
since Linda, since I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior, I have inner peace and joy. And I thought to myself, she sounds like she's from outer space. <laughs> no, I've never heard peace. I've never heard of anybody having peace. And I've never heard of anybody having joy. And I thought, is it real? But I knew she was real. I took that letter. I started to show it to everybody. Everybody had a different stay away. That's a cult. They're holy rollers. Don't get near them. Wow, that's interesting. It's, well, it's, it's for her. That doesn't mean it's for you. And so I, I held that letter, and I said, God, I need something in my life. I am waking up every day, and I'm saying, not another day. I'm going through the motions. I went to church my whole life. But that's church. That's religion. And I didn't think about God. You just went to church. You went through the motions. I didn't think about God. It was the answer for my life. And so um, I wrote to her, and I said, tell me, how did you get this? I need something in my life. And she said, she wrote back to me, and she gave me a scripture and a prayer. And she said, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that we are not saved by our good works, but it is a gift of God by grace. And, and you don't earn this, and you don't try to be good for this. And then she said, you simply say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. That's it. You say, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. So I waited um, till I was alone one night in my apartment, got on my knees, and I said that prayer. And I said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I, got, I went to bed that night. I got up the next morning, and I, all of a sudden, I felt happy. And I said, why am I happy? I've not felt happy in a long time. There's no new car. There's nothing different. Um, why am I happy? And so um, I said, wow, could it be that prayer? Could it be that prayer? Could it be you, Lord? And so that whole week, I was excited. I felt, I'm telling you, I felt literally my mouth changed. Those words weren't coming out of my mouth anymore. And it, I don't even know. I didn't try to stop it, but it stopped. And then um, I started to, I, I felt like a weight was lifting off my shoulders. And that weight was my sin. I didn't even know how dead I was until he forgave me. And he said, because I live, you live also. And that's our God. So I began to tell people. I started with my family. I felt like I was going through a brick wall. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, let me just tell you this. 1975, I had never seen a church really like this. Although when, when my husband and I were um, on our honeymoon, we were in the Bahamas. And when we went into town, there were little churches. And every church said, Jesus saves. And I said to him, what do you think that means, Jesus saves? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, I, I don't know either, but I'm wondering, why do they all say Jesus saves? Saves from what? 
So anyways, um, that's how, um, you know, dense I was. And so there was no talk of being born. I had never heard of being born again. I had never heard. The first, so it, we're writing letters back and forth. And I say to her, Mary, this is beautiful. I feel so wonderful. Thank you. But I'll probably never read my Bible. And I may never, ever leave my church. And I don't even think, I think she got a letter to me before I got one back to her. And um, she sent me a book. So I read the book, and in this book is nothing but scripture. And now I can't wait to finish this book. I am reading the Bible. These scriptures are awesome. So I pick up a little Bible that I found in my house. It was from my father's store, and it made its way somehow to my room when I lived home. When I was getting married, packing up, I took that Bible, New Testament, Amplified New Testament, I threw it in the box, and I said, I guess I'll take it. I don't know what else to do with it. So I took it, and inside of it, it had a, a stamp, and it said, um, Reverend Maycheck and his telephone number. And I thought, wow, um, pretty amazing. I could never call him. He's a holy man. Couldn't go near them. So anyways, um, I, I'm backing up a little bit. I'm going back. I'm telling my family. I'm saying, um, listen, something's happened to me. You guys got to hear this. Um, I don't know anything. But I can tell you something changed in my life. And Jesus has come into my life. And they're, they're being stubborn. They're being stubborn. And they don't want to really hear it. And some of them are getting mad at me. So I started with my mother. My mother was the most open. My father didn't really want to hear too much. My sister and my brother-in-law, um, no, forget it. They were, they were the ones thinking I was in a cult. And, but God was working in their lives. And so anyways, my brother, he was away, and he was um, following his dream of being a musician. So I didn't get to see him very much. So my um, mother was probably the most open. But even besides my family, I was telling others something took place. I think I've been born again. Now, I'd never been in a church, and I didn't have a church for three months. And um, I um, decided it's time. I'm reading the Bible. I feel like I'm reading a love letter. I can't stop reading this Bible. And um, I need to, I think I want to find one of these churches. So my husband and I would go out at night and we'd just take a ride. And I find a church in Albany. It's called the Nazarene Church. And um, I said, Jimmy, I'm going to go to that church Sunday morning. He said, okay. And I went to that church by myself. And I walked in. And nobody said hello to me, but they didn't have to. I didn't know that people said hello to people in church. I really didn't. We didn't go to church for people to say hello to us. We just went through the motions and left. So it didn't bother me that anybody said hello to me. And um, I left, came home. And I thought, well, I guess I found a church. And then I get a phone call. But before that phone call, what happened is this, I found out this man that I had the Bible, the little 
Testament Bible, Amplified Bible, that I was reading and felt I couldn't ever call that man. And that man calls me. And here's how he called me. He was going in my father's store for 15 years preaching the gospel to my father. And <laughs> he was also telling my father, you need to come out of that church. Back in those days, people did those things. Anyways, my father, he comes in this one day, and he says to my dad, my dad says to him, listen, Reverend Maycheck, my daughter is talking about Jesus, and she's talking about being born again, and she's telling us, but she's got nobody to talk to. Why don't you call her up? So he calls me on a, I'll never forget it, it's a Monday. He calls me on a Monday, and I couldn't believe it. Oh my goodness, here's the man. I, I said, I've been reading this Bible with your name in it. I was afraid to call you. And he calls me up, and he's, uh, I'm firing question after question after question. I needed somebody like that. And so um, he says to me, listen. I said, listen, do you have a church? Yes, he says, I have a church. We're going to have a Bible study this Wednesday night. I find out that church is right near in my old neighborhood where I grew up. And so anyways, um, he says, but I'm going to a church tonight. And he said, it's a healing service in Schenectady. And he said, it's with this man, Floyd Baker. And why don't you come? I said, I will be there. So my husband came home from work. And um, I said, we got to go to this tonight. There's this healing meeting. We'll do something. We'll get a babysitter. I said, and my mother will go too. I called her. I said, Ma, you're going too. So we went. And uh, no, this is serious. I'm going to church. I'm going to a service, a healing service. I walk into that place. I didn't know I was even in a church that time. And there was like crosses on the lights. And I thought, wow, they rented a hall and they got crosses on the lights. But anyways, everybody's got their arms up. And I'm saying, what in the world are they reaching for? And so <laughs> I never saw anything like this, never. And so anyways, um, we get there. And they preached the gospel. There's some healings that took place. And then they have an altar call. My husband and my mother and myself, we all went up. I knew I was saved, but this was like public. Yep, yep. And, then, and they went. And then they took us in a back room, and Pastor Carter was there, scared me. And because he started talking about the devil, he starts saying, the devil's going to come after you now. So, anyways, we left there that night. Now, I'm moving on to Wednesday night, Bible study. So I went by myself to that. And I um, walk into the church that now I've been invited to, could become my church. And I, I stand in the foyer. They're not in the church. There's like a foyer, stairs going down, and a few stairs going up to the sanctuary. And um, I'm standing there, and they're downstairs, and it sounds like they're talking and it sounds like they're maybe had a dinner which I think they did and I thought oh god I'm I can walk into a church I can stand in the back okay I don't know if I can walk down the stairs and walk into a room with all these people who know each other and 
I don't know anybody, but I said, I came here and I got to do it. So I went down the stairs and um, a lovely lady by the name of Carol Muckle um, came up to me and she's playing the accordion and she reached out her hand. I wasn't standing and she said, welcome, come in. And then um, uh, we called him Brother Maycheck at that time. He's, he sees me, he's calling me over. Now he's, I'm sitting down next to him. Now they're ready to start and he says, I got a testimony. He says, um, and, and he says, I want to introduce everybody to Linda. I met her this week, we talked on the phone. I've been preaching to her father for 15 years. She got saved. She's not only saved, she's believing God for her family to be saved. And I thought, and he said, he said to me, he said, she has a testimony. And I said, I have a testimony? I didn't even know I had a testimony. And he's saying, I have a testimony. And he gives it and it sounded pretty good. <laughs> It sounded really good. And so we have the Bible study, okay? And at the end, they choose somebody to pray. And I'll never forget it. Because when he prayed, he prayed for me. And he prayed for my family. And I've never had anybody do that before. I ran home. I speeded home. I, I walked through the door and I said to my husband, I said, listen to me right now. You have got to come to this church. You have never seen people like this in your life. They all came up and said hello to me. And I got to tell you something. One guy, he prayed and he prayed for me and he prayed for my family. He said, they did? I said, yep, you're coming too. <laughs> Yeah, oh no, we, we could not believe it. We were not used to this. We had not heard about being born again. We had not heard of salvation. We were dead in our sins. Jesus said, because I live, you live. So now just moving on a little, I mean, I was so excited. I started calling up my friends. I started calling up other family members. Guess what? I didn't know what I was saying. Guess what? I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior and I have inner peace and joy. Yeah, I confessed it. I said it. Some of them didn't want anything to do with me. That's okay. And um, some of them were interested. Some of them, they had a fight. Going back to my family, my mother got saved. And after I went to church that Wednesday night, now Sunday morning, my mother and I go, and they announced there's gonna be a special service tonight. And so we're gonna um, dedicate a baby, the pastor's baby and something else and a certain preacher is coming, a special preacher is coming. And so I said, Ma, you wanna go back? And she said, yeah, let's go. So I went down, my husband babysat, I went down to the house to pick up my mother and my father's there and I said, Dad, we're going to church, why don't you come? No, I'm not going. I got a lot of things to do. I said, oh, okay. So we're getting ready to go and I watched my father and he walked into the bedroom and he looked out the window, standing there looking out the window. And I walked in and I said, Dan, you have nothing to do. You should come with us to church. And he said, yeah, all right, I'll go. Well, how long is it? I said, well, how long can it be? I don't know. And um, I didn't know how long it would be. <laughs> And so, anyways, we go, and we're sitting in the third row, and he's on the end, okay? And the church was pretty crowded, 
and um, they go through what they're going to do, and then this man gets up and preaches, and oh my goodness, he must have preached for, um, I'd say 45 minutes to maybe even longer, and then he gives it this altar call, and I'm thinking the whole time, now we're in there for, we're in there for close to two hours, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, my father's going to get so mad at me. I mean, how long can it be? And I, I actually even said maybe 30 minutes, and so... <laughs> I'm thinking he's going to, he's, now he's really going to get me, I'm waiting any minute, he's going to walk out of the church. And then they give this altar call and call people forward to get saved. My father is the first one. He runs to that altar. Yeah, he runs to that altar. And he gives his life to Jesus Christ. And he says to me, when we got out of there, he said, Linda, I was wishing that would never get done. I was saying, don't let it end. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Now I got my dad, I got my mom, my husband, and now my brother's away, but he was going to be coming home pretty soon for a visit. And then um, my sister and my brother-in-law, the two little bit harder ones, but that's okay. And they would come over to our house and we w I would talk to my sister more. My brother-in-law, I was a little afraid of um, because I just was a little afraid of him. And um, so what I would do is I would take these, these um, pamphlets and I'd put them in my magazine rack and he, I, he was a reader. And when he came to the house, um, I'd tell him to sit there and he could pick those up and read them. And, and I remember I was taking care of the baby. I was, baby couldn't sleep that night. And um, everybody was at my house, and so he picks those up, and he reads them, and I can hear him, and he's yelling. He's saying, what is this stuff? Oh, my God, this is the cult. What is she into? And so I'm thinking, Lord, I want to go out there. It was like I couldn't. I couldn't go out there. The baby's crying, and I felt like the Lord said, be quiet. And he told me the same thing with my sister. I, I drove her crazy, and he said, now be quiet. And so... Um, and just and they just needed a little bit of time, and so then um, we have we're we're talking about you know a special service at the church, and um, we invite my sister to come, and we we knew they both couldn't come. He could come, but they'd have to get a babysitter, and so she said, "Okay, I'll come to that." It was a Billy Graham movie, and um, they were going to show this movie, and they asked us to invite people. And so we did. And so she calls the last minute and she said, I'm not coming. The kids are sick. Guy's coming. And we said, okay. We didn't really want him. <laughs> uh, no, I love this guy. And, but, you know, we're afraid of him. And um, so anyways, he comes and he's sitting behind me. And we're singing. And back then we only sang hymns and we're singing this song, Nothing But the Blood. And he's laughing. I hear him laughing out loud because we're singing this song about the blood. And then, okay, we proceed, and the movie gets shown, and, 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 and we have an altar call, and um, we leave. He goes home, and he says to my sister, she calls the next day, and she says, listen, what's going on? 
Guy says you people are singing about blood. <laughs> yeah, we're singing about Jesus' blood. And um, she says, I don't know about this. You're singing about blood. So this was, I just got to tell you, this was probably in March, maybe the beginning of March. And I'm saying that for a reason. In the meantime, my brother comes home. He comes to church with us. And he goes to the altar at the end of that service. And he cries like a baby. And he gives his life to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Cries like a baby. I think he cried in my father's shoulder. Anyways, he goes back to pursue his musical career. In the meantime, something happened in the heart of my sister and my brother-in-law. Something took place. And then all of a sudden, one day, she called and said, I got to tell you something. I have not been able to get this born again out of my mind. I can't go a day without thinking about what is going on with you people. And I can't stop thinking about, I have to be born again. And she says, I told Guy, I want to do this. And you have to do it with me. And he said, OK. And they both got saved. They both got saved. And my um, brother-in-law became a student of the word. And he pursued the word of God. And he was very bold. He still is a bold witness. He became a pastor. He's retired now. And um, they both became on fire for God. My sister also is a, um, can teach Bible study. She has a Bible study every week. And so my brother. The last one went back into his um, music career. And then a few months later, came home and said, I can't live in the world and follow Jesus at the same time. Left that life, came home, began working for my dad, ended up going to Bible school. And he's the one you're going to hear next week who started this church. That's right. And so I just want to say before I end, I just want to say one thing. My whole family was saved within nine months. The Come same on. gestation period, a baby is in the womb. My whole family was saved. Come on. I want to say to you today, will you prevail in prayer? Will you stand for your families, your friends, whoever it is that's in your uh, sphere of influence? Will you tell them? Will you pray for them? Will you put your foot on the ground and claim them for the kingdom of God? Will you tell them? It took one letter and so many people, and not only my family, our church set a precedence of people that got saved. They started to believe for their families, and whole families, whole families came into the kingdom. Peter preached, and he said, it's not just for you. It's for your family. Amen. Salvation's not just for us. It's for our family. There was a man, I'll leave with this um, quote. There was a man, um, big ministry, came out of Kenneth Hagin's ministry, went home to be with the Lord now. Um, and he um, was working a job before he got saved, just going to work every day. And there was a man there who was saved. 
And every single week he would say, will you come to church with me? No, will you come to church? Over and over and over. He would um, just relentlessly invite this man, Ed Dufresne, to church. And so finally Ed said to him one day, if I go to church with you, will you leave me alone? <laughs> he said, yes, I will. Well, guess what? He went to church and he got saved. And he never would have known the plan that God had for him. And God's got a plan for every one of our lives. Every one of our lives. I met two Amen. people this week, Troy in um, Staples. He comes up to me and he says, um, do you, he's helping me find something. Do you um, like history? Yeah, I do. He goes, oh, you gotta see this movie. It's about Sodom and Gomorrah. I said, well, I, um, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I will. I, I know about the Bible. He goes, oh, he goes, I'm a Christian. I said, well, why don't you come to church with me? You can hear my testimony. He said, I can't, I'm away this week, but I will come. I said, and your name is Troy, and you better come. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God Amen. bless you. Thank Amen. you for listening. Thank you, Linda. Woo! Come on. Come on. That's so good. That's so good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. There's a couple things that I want to point out in Linda's testimony. But before I point them out, I want to make mention of something. And it's this scripture. It says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so when, here's, here's what it means. When we testify about what Jesus has done, we're prophesying about what he will do again. Okay? So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Understand that as, as Linda shared testimony about her life, she is prophesying about what can happen in your life, what will happen in your life. God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. He, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. And so let's just latch on to a couple things here. Someone sent her a letter and she got saved. There's some of you that have family that are outside of this area that you can't bring to church here. You need to send them a letter and they're gonna get saved. Because the, power, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so as you send those letters to your family and your friends and whoever it is, you're going to see salvations. Has anybody got family that's outside the area? You want to see them saved? I do. I'm sending a letter this week. I'm sending a letter this week. Why would I not? It worked before. It works again. She invited her family. She invited her mom. She invited her dad a few times, a couple times. She got them to church. We can do the same thing. We can invite family. We can invite friends. We can invite loved ones that we know that don't know Christ, and they're going to come to church, and they're going to get saved. It worked for her. It'll work for me. God's no respecter of persons. He's done it before. He'll do it again. And we're seeing it time and time and time and time again. And these are some of the ways that we share Jesus. Here's another thing that you can grab onto. She's, Linda saw her whole family get saved. How many of you are still waiting for another family member to get saved? I'm waiting for another family member to get saved. I want my whole family saved. 
brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, all of them. I want them all saved. And I'll tell you this, in the roots of redeeming love, Chris, is, her brother, is the founding pastor of Redeeming Love. So if it happened for Linda, that happened here at Redeeming Love. It's in our roots. Not only was it Linda's family, the, the Cachadorian family, no, the uh, Garabedian family, Linda's maiden name, Garabedian. The Garabedian family all got saved. The Rosamelia family all got saved. And Chris will be here next week. He can tell you like 10 more names of families. The whole family got saved. And so it's in our DNA. It happened before, it'll happen again. And so if you're waiting for a family member to get saved, just, just keep inviting them. Another thing, pay attention to listening to the Holy Spirit. Linda said um, she, was, she was talking to her sister. She told her sister. She told her sister. She told her sister. And then the Lord said, okay, stop telling them. Sometimes, sometimes we have to be like the man who worked at the mill and we need to invite that man to church every single day every single time we see him until they relent and say okay fine i'll come but sometimes we need to listen to the holy spirit and we need to let the holy spirit say hey listen stop talking and let me do some work here and god does the work god does the work trust him that he'll do the work and how do we know? How do we know if we keep inviting people? Or how do we know if we stop and let, let the Holy Spirit work? By hearing God. Right. By hearing what he says. He's a very personal God. Amen. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we talk about what Jesus has done, we're prophesying about what he's going to do. Every single one of you here, you know Jesus, you have a testimony. You have a testimony. What's your testimony? And so when we're out and we're sharing the gospel, when we're sharing Jesus with others, when we're sharing Jesus with family and friends and loved ones, we need to learn to tell our testimony and we need to learn to tell it well. Now, Linda, I, I asked Linda to share, I asked her to share the way she shared before in depth, take a long time, I wanna know the details, that was wonderful, thank you so much. But we should be able to tell our testimony in 90 seconds or less. Your testimony is this. What did God do for you? What did God do for you? And so I can tell my testimony in 90 seconds or less. And actually, I haven't even practiced it this week leading up to it because I've, I've done it so many times. I've, I've practiced it enough to the point where I'm confident to tell my testimony at any given point in time. And this is the way that we need to be with our testimony. My testimony is this is that I grew up in a denominational church and I never knew Jesus. And then I came here and I was introduced to the idea that you could have a personal relationship with Christ. So I prayed and I asked Jesus into my heart, but I didn't surrender my life. And that led me to a bunch of bad decisions where my life became stressed and out of control. And when my life was stressed and out of control, I finally fully surrendered my life to Christ and he redeemed everything that I had done wrong through my wrong decisions. He redeemed every single one of those things and he turned what was something bad and stressful into something that was glorious and beautiful. Because that's the God that I serve. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. How long did that take? I don't even think it took a minute. Why, is it, why should it be nice and short? Because if I can capture them with what God has done, now they can ask questions. 
if I ramble on for about 30 minutes about what the enemy had done in my life and I leave out what God has done, there's no glory there. There's no testimony there. And so Linda told her testimony and she told you that she struggled with uh, depression and, and just not feeling satisfied with life. She did that in about like 30 seconds. And so when we tell a testimony, this should be the minimum, the, the minimized portion of our testimony, the bad part, what was going wrong. The, the part that we really want to accent, the part that we really want to point out to people is what did God do in your life? God took every bad thing in my life and he turned it into something good. He redeemed it. That's, that's what God does. He redeems stuff. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to wrap up service right here. I shared one scripture with you. That's enough. Uh, Linda, awesome testimony. The power of testimony. I want to encourage you this week. Find your testimony. Practice your testimony. Talk your, tell your testimony to yourself in the mirror until you're good at it. Tell it again and again and again. And then once you're good at it, tell a friend, somebody who knows Jesus already. And say, hey, listen, I need some feedback. Tell me, did I do a good job? Is this good? Is it concise? Is it clear? Does it make sense? Does it glorify God? And then go back and refine it. Write it down if you have to. Refine it so that you're able to tell your testimony because the power of testimony, a man with, a, a man with an experience is never at the, at the mercy of a man with an argument. You can argue with me all you want. I know Christ. I know what he did in my life. You can't take that away from me. And so the same is true for you. You've all had this, anybody who's, had, who's, who's followed Christ, you've had this experience with Christ. And so you, think you can't take that experience away. It doesn't change because somebody chooses not to believe. It's still true. If you're here today, the gospel's been preached probably six times, <laughs> which is great. I mean, you just can't preach it too much. But Jesus Christ died for our sins. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do that right now. If that's something that you'd like to do, if you'd like to follow Christ, if you'd like the testimony that Linda had, if you'd like the testimony that I had, if you'd like that same testimony to be the testimony over your life, I'm going to invite you to just pray with me right now. It's a simple prayer. We pray that God would forgive us of our sins. Sin is when we've disobeyed God in any fashion. If you did something that God doesn't like, even though you didn't know that God doesn't like that, that's still sin. And we need to ask God's forgiveness over that thing. And when we ask his forgiveness, he forgives us and he invites us into this relationship with God. And your life will be redeemed and it'll never be the same. It'll be so much more glorious. So pray with me. Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come into my heart, that you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. Lord, that uh, I would go to heaven with you when my time on earth is done, that you would heal my body here on the earth, and that you would deliver me from all oppression. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you just made that decision to follow Christ, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Check the box on your Engage card that says, Today I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. You check that box, put down your address. I'm going to send you some information that explains what it means to follow Christ uh, and what your next steps are. Well, following Christ is the best decision that you could ever make. Uh, it is the beginning of the fullness of life that God had intended for us. 
It's where we find peace. It's where we find joy. It's where we find hope. It's where we find purpose. Everything that you, your heart is looking for and longing for, it's found in Christ. Check that box. I'm going to send you some information that, means, that explains what it means to make that decision, what that decision means, and also what your next steps are. Your first step, most important step, find a good church. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If you're from out of the area or if you, if you prefer a different church, I'd love to recommend some to you. So check that box, and uh, we'd love that. Pastor Tom, come on up. Receive the offering this morning. Uh, after pa Pastor Tom receives the offering this morning, we're going to have, come on up, we're going to have uh, prayer and healing for, for um, anybody that's sick. We've had healing teams. Uh, we've had healing teams here for a while. We've seen many, many. We've seen 45 divine healings since 2019. So God is moving. Uh, I say all that to say that I, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge this morning. Uh, someone, someone here got hurt on a ladder, and uh, the Lord wants to heal that injury today. So... If you're here and you got hurt on a ladder, I'm going to be over on this side praying after service, so I'd love to be the one to pray for you, Pastor Tom. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you, Linda, especially. What a wonderful, powerful testimony. There are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. You'll see shortly on the screen uh, how to, and there's a card in the seat back. Many of you are familiar with how to do so, and we encourage you uh, to avail yourself of that opportunity to give. I want to bring your attention quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and uh, looking at verse 7. Each man or woman should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a joyful, yes. cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase. You would think when you give, you decrease, but the word says you will increase your store of seed and you will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. I just want to uh, borrow that expression that Pastor Matt said uh, a moment ago, that a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. If any of you have had the unfortunate um, opportunity to fall out of a tree, off a chair, or off of a ladder, how many of you know that gravity is real? And why is that? Because you experienced the truth or the principle that gravity is real. I can tell you from serving God for over 49, coming up to 50 years, that what I just read you, the word who set gravity into motion when he created this world, the word is real. And what I just read you is as real as the law of gravity. You can bank on it. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your word is real. Every word of God proves true. Every word of God proves true. As we sow seed this morning, we thank you, Lord, that you cause it to grow. And in your time, Father, 
we will experience a harvest in our life. And we thank you, God, for all that you're doing through Pastor Matt, Pastor Stacy, and this, this uh, team here and Redeeming Love. God, just continue uh, to pour out your blessing, your healing power, and your virtue, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to uh, also encourage you to remember Memorial Day. It's about um, being very grateful and appreciative for those men and women who have served and paid the ultimate price so that we could have freedom. So keep that in mind as you uh, uh, go through this weekend. God bless you. We'll see you next week. There'll be healing under the screens. Amen.